From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, good morning from the Hill Country in Texas. We're actually, the last two or three nights, we've just opened up all the windows and just like real life without an air conditioner. Boy, I really like that. Man, I like it a lot. So I think fall is falling uh, and my uh, morning and evening showers are getting a little bit colder. So temperature is dropping a bit. One of these days I'd like to get a actually refrigeration thing. I think you could do that, couldn't you? Just like on a, I asked a plumber, he said, yeah, I would just do it like uh, if you wanted a, you know, a drinking fountain. Just get the water down to 45. Wouldn't that be great? Play Wim Off a couple times a day. Well, I'm just babbling around here because I don't know what I'm doing. Adam Bergstrom is generally here the third Wednesday but if we had some scheduling whoop-de-doops to do to get Steve on, we wanted to get him on Steve Falcon or immediately as close as we could, can, to the last show we did with Dave Wise about uh, cosmology truthing thing. And I think the uh, conversation that Steve and I are going to have are going to take this whole flat earth thing to another level, just another level beyond what you've thought about before. So this will be fun. And I just I knew Steve would be the guy to do this, because he's kind of like crazy as I am. So we'll do that tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock on, on OneRadioNetwork.com. So here's our phone number. Our lines are working. 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. I should probably get in the center of the screen here. be a little bit more centered, I guess, I guess to call that. Uh, Adam Bergstrom is here. Adam's a great guy. He's a good friend. Uh, he's been around on this earth plane for, for more than 80, 80 years, if you believe in time. Uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to have to come up with a new thing. And uh, he's a great researcher. He's got two websites, the um, solartiming.com, where he has all of his e-books, a lot of great e-books. And... Um, and Sunsink Nutrition, which is a yearly kind of a deal, um, and all really a lot of cool um, articles and going back and all kinds of documents and food list, and uh, you can check your solar time there and, and the whole thing. So Adam is here. Adam, it looks like you got you got your woolies on. Is it cold there in California? <laughs> It's uh, different than usual. It's cooler than usual because September is usually our hottest month. Really? And it's, it's cool there. You got a little jacket on. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, got my sweatshirt on. My wrong color. The right color is orange today. For Wednesday, right? Oh. Uh, this is Texas Institute of Reflex Science. What's left of it? A ragged T-shirt. Look at that. <laughs> Texas Institute of Reflex... The Texas Institute of Reflex Sciences. That was your thing back here? That was Adano Lay's school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adam so if you'd like to join the show, uh, call us. 888-663-6386. The email, Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Adam, as you know, I've been doing uh, a weight training, resistance training, and I'm beginning to really see that there's a, there's a really succinct difference between strength and muscles. They don't necessarily are the same, right? Because 
my muscles aren't really, I'm, I mean, I've got some, but not a lot, but I'm getting stronger. You know, I, I can do more things more. So what's the difference there? So muscles, how do muscles play into how strong we are? Our, age, our, our organs age at different times. You can have a 20-year-old liver and an 80-year-old spleen and a 52-year-old brain. And so all the muscles internally link with the organs. Hmm. So your heart goes with your subscapularis and uh, your quadriceps with your small intestine. And each organ has a connection. So those muscles, if you want to work on your deltoids, you're also working on your lungs. And if you want to work on your lungs, you work on your deltoids, except the front deltoids, which are gallbladder. So the deltoids are this guy here underneath, right? Okay. So what about uh, biceps? So what, what organ is biceps? Heart. Heart. That's the heart. I'll be done. And that's why people who take cocaine start to have shredded bicep. And I mean shredded in the wrong way, not shredded yeah. like cut, yeah. Yeah. like the bodybuilders say, but you start to get problems with the biceps. Oh, so you know, all organs are, are tied in with muscles. Those are called the Chapman reflexes in uh, osteo- osteopathic medicine. And they're called the neurolymphatic uh, reflexes in touch for health and uh, applied kinesiology. But they definitely have a connection. And we can have even there was uh, one of my favorite screenwriters of all, all, all time uh, had a uh, when they analyzed his brain at 52. It was uh, a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old brain. <laughs> at said, how do you do that? How do you do that? A good question. I find that most brain qualities happen from organs that are not what they're supposed to be. The name of this, uh, there, there was a uh, a savant, a so-called savant in uh, San Diego, and he could, you could give him how much is the square root of. Five billion, blah, 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 all these numbers, right? And they give it to you instantaneously. So they wanted to go to the part of the brain that the mainstream medicine says is active to do that. And it wasn't anything normal. They found out he was doing it with his eye movements. And indeed, the eye movements and behavioral optometry and uh, what do they call it, uh, brain gym, yeah. those are all active. So you can increase your intelligence by working on your eyes. And years ago, uh, I had a friend who had a daughter that uh, was a D student. So I did this little test you do across the eyes. You mm-hmm. just have them follow the eyes. And it jumped. So I said... Normally, you would go to brain gym, uh, but uh, you have the money. She was living in Hollywood uh, and doing quite well. And I said, find a behavioral optometrist. There's probably at least a couple here in the L.A. area. So she did. And her daughter, by eye training, became uh, an A student from the then on, from the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th college. And now she's a... a, a, uh, I think she's a screenwriter or does something in Hollywood. So, um, yeah, I've been playing around with, and you can really feel it, say if you're lying down and you want to get more parasympathetic, more quiet sleep, 
you can take your eyes and do this. Watch, I'll show you. And the more you do it, the more your body relaxes. Now, I don't know why that works. I just saw some scientist talking on one of those, those uh, little short videos. You know, you see those little short videos. It's out of neuro-linguistic programming. When you look up this way to the left, mm-hmm. you're having a direct memory. When you're looking up to the right, you're having a conception. So if I look up to the left, uh, I'm remembering a cow. Hmm. But when I'm looking to the right, I'm visualizing a purple cow, which doesn't exist. So I have to make it up. Uh-huh. And I will go this way. To the right, yeah. I wonder why that if is. If you remember a... a, a hmm? I, I wonder why that is, the direction. Do you have any theories on why the right and the left would be... Yeah, we're organized by uh, by north, south, east, west. Yeah, a p- we're, we're a compass, so the compass works in certain directions. You get hmm. you get the, the sun rises that way, and it sets that way, and everything moves in a in a direction that we can, like a bee through magnetics, knows where to go and get back. It can fly, you know, ten miles away from the hive and come back. How does it do that? It has a magnet in its brain. We do too. Birds have copper in their pineal gland. We have uh, iron in our uh, pineal gland. So the metals make the difference where we can adjust to the magnet uh, of how the earth works and find our locations. I mean, some birds fly 2,000 miles. Uh, uh, what am I talking about? Yeah, they I mean, fly even further than that. Sure, you know? sure. They go south and north. Some of the whales, all the way from the Arctic, all the way down to, to Hawaii. Mexico, yeah. Cabo, and and those little, again. those little, um, um, what are those hummingbirds? I mean, they're like this big. They go all the way across the Gulf of Mexico, don't they, to South America every year? That's crazy. S- spiders go to Europe. From the, they follow the winds. No <laughs> they just hang in the wing with their little web, and they go thousands of miles. <laughs> but they know where they're going. That's the, they're really interesting they they're things. Going. And if you go to so-called primitive people, uh, <laughs> they can find their way for hundreds of miles without needing a map or a compass or anything like that. Yeah. They just knew it. Remember the uh, the uh, people who crossed the Atlantic about four times the distance of uh, Columbus in his uh, galleons, these big ships, they came over to Hawaii in canoes, like, what, 5,000 miles, 6,000 miles, whatever, all the way from uh, those, uh, way past the Philippines and Borneo and all those islands. Like, And they made multiple trips. The king of Hawaii, one of the first, I think the first king, he came to Hawaii, then he went all the way back, and he came back again. Now, they Crazy. didn't have compasses. How did they well, do Well, they got it? the North Store. I mean, you got that. That doesn't move. I guess they... Even, but when the fog came in, they still could navigate. Because sure. a lot of times, you came over the uh, ocean, you'll be in fog. Like here in uh, Santa Barbara, we had fog here for like 15 days in a row or more. Hmm. And it's not uncommon to go through areas where it's perpetual fog. Look at London. <laughs> the uh, a fellow across the street from us here, quite a, quite a ways away, but he's got a big uh, um, olive, olive tree farm thing. And uh, 
a lot of bees, and then he put bees on there to get to more of a like a agricultural exemption. Lots of bee. And man, you should see those guys, man, during this this uh, this drought that we've just gone through and we broke. They were on my porch on the the plates that I put out for the birds. Just thousands of them, just drinking. And uh, you got to wonder how they find their way over here. I mean, come on. They smell the water in a little plate. They just know, right? They, they, they know, you know. Yeah. Ants, bees, termites, they know where to go. Yeah. They don't have need a compass or a GPS or any of that stuff. No. Let's go back to the yeah, muscles. Anyway, our brains are oriented. In fact, if you wish to remember a song lyric, you look to the left, but sideways, not up. And then if you want to uh, write a song lyric, you look to the right. So if you want to write, uh, be creative, you look that way when you write. And if you want to be an artist and conceive of something, you look this way. Then if you want to be increase your balance, you look down to the right, down to the right now. We have six directions of the eye, up on both sides, sideways for music and sounds and for and for the uh what do they call it when you talk to yourself that's to the left uh downward and then balance on a surfboard would be to the right down i have a friend of mine who's very physical like that and uh, good at martial arts and things i catch him looking down to his right often um when i was very small and i've seen it in the videos um you would see my my uh my right eye go up to the left. So I was thinking about something, and my mom said I always had a little active mind. I was always asking her questions and thinking of stuff, you know, I was blah, 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 blah. Like, and you could see it in the video, these home movies. Like, you could see it pop up there, pop up there. You know? So I was thinking of a past yeah, So thing. our eye movements, of course, they have been... First of all, when NLP was invented, and actually it was a combination of various sources he came from, uh, it was used to clear people of traumas. Could you you could see where their where their problems were coming from, and also uh, you could tell if they were lying too. Like if you see a politician say uh, something and he looks to the right, he's making it up. It didn't happen at all. And if he's looking to the left, it's a memory. So a memory versus a fiction can be used for lying. But eventually, NLP, which was an excellent tool for therapy, got hijacked by people who want to sell things to people. Like you will also notice that people tend to be seers and hearers. So one person will say, man, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And the other will say, I see it this way. They're never going to agree. So salesmen now know when a person comes in and said, I want to see some cars. He'll say, I'll, I'll show you, uh, or use, he used a see back. He never says, I hear what you're saying. He says, I see what you're saying. Because you're a C person. Because then you, you synchronize with the person's brain waves, basically hypnotizing them, and then you lead them gently into your world, but always on a seeing relationship. Because they also train you to look at the eyes to make sure that C matches the eyes and that they're looking up. Engineers almost always look up when they think. You ask them a question, uh, uh, 
what is a what does your Tesla look like? And they will go like this, way up. I've seen engineers that practically their eyeball disappears into their forehead. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Huh? So anyway, I, I've used it uh, as therapy. I've not used it as sales uh, ability, but maybe I should sell some of my books that <laughs> That's way. Right. Put some eyes on your book cover. If you'd like to be on the show, join us. Triple eight. Six six three sixty three eighty six. Okay, let's get. I don't know how we got off here, but it was a great, great veering off we did on, on the muscles and the, and the organs. So, so let's see. What is that? How can we utilize the idea that the biceps is like the heart or or the and the, and all that and the different organs? What is that? Why does that matter to us? How can we use that to our benefit? I guess what I'm asking. Well, by knowing that, you can know how to, uh, like, if you're drinking alcohol and traumatize the liver, uh, you're going to hurt various organs, too, including your quadriceps indirectly through that small intestine liver connection. So uh, by knowing, uh, in yoga, they know this. So they keep the muscle connected to the organ. So they always know that if you're going to abuse your stomach, uh, then you're going to abuse certain organs. And if you're going to abuse your colon, you're going to abuse certain organs. And that's the way it goes. <laughs> so the stomach meridian is in the uh, pectoral muscles. You damage it. And the liver's in the pectoral, too. It's the upper pecs or the lower pecs. So if you want to develop your pectoral muscles, you, ha- you need to have a strong uh, stomach and a strong liver. <laughs> what's, what's the booty muscle, the maximus gluteus maxima? That's circulation sex marine. Yeah, well, see, we and knew that. that. That's going to be the pericardium. Huh? So you want to have a strong pericardium and circulation system and strong veins. To develop, uh, to develop that, you need strong veins and circulatory system, too. Basically, the heart is associated with the arteries, and the pericardium is associated with the veins. So by knowing this, uh, so when I worked out at the gym back in the day, I did crazy-looking exercises that people would look at me like, what the hell is that guy doing? (laughs) Because I would match them out of touch for health and applied kinesiology to strengthen those various organs that way because Hmm. you can strengthen your organs. Yogis know this uh, to the maximum. A lot of the people who do hatha yoga, they don't have a clue about it. They just go an instructor and say, put your leg behind your neck and blah, blah, blah. Don't tell them anything about how it connects. But they definitely do connect, and and they're used in Qigong too. They know those connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you? Um, Just a lot of Americans never get, never got the memo. Yeah. No. How do you strengthen the veins? You know, I, I have a I, my vein, veins can use a little strengthening because I can sometimes when I hang on that you know my pole you know like I do I like do it for a couple minutes three times a day I get a little purple thing so that means my veins could use a little little mojo, right? Is that what it is, if that little purple thing pops up? Double your orange supply. <laughs> Oranges have a lot to do, though, because they, they control. There you go. You're, you're right up. Circulation sex time, right? Right now. Boom. So oranges. That's what happened to mine. I had, they're called patura. Yeah, papura is the, the larger ones, and petechia are the smaller ones. I had them all the time. I haven't had any 
since 2015 now, since I got rid of my tuna and mayo, straightened out my life by taking kale and uh, oranges and doing things like that. I haven't had a single one or had my anus bleed or my gums bleed or calluses form on my my heels, cracked calluses that bled, and a whole bunch of other problems. So... Yeah, it's interesting. I used to have the cracked uh, heels no more after the last couple of years of drinking orange juice. I didn't know that was part of that. Interesting. It makes a difference. It's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) it's amazing because at one point, see, calluses are a sign of toxicity. If you work out, even as a gymnast on the bar and get calluses, it's toxicity. Uh, You won't get calluses. So Swami Nitty Gritty, uh, Donald Lay, he would work with metal and bend very strong metal with his hands never had a callus on it his hands were smooth like a baby's hand and uh i walked at one time i was really a walker i was influenced by jfk you gotta walk 50 miles i never made it 50 miles but i did a lot of 20 and 25 mile hikes and when i hitchhiked there was more hiking than hitching going on because i've gone across the country uh, quite a few times and uh, i never got calluses at that point until later i started uh, by eating the way i was they started developing now i had a friend that was so toxic he was an artist and barely walked at all and he had large calluses on his feet you know it was like a like a pair of shoes his calluses were so thick and that's because he was toxic very interesting so the toxicity is forming there and, um, yeah, well, that makes sense, right? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Now, you have different types of toxicity. Just because a person doesn't get calluses doesn't mean they're not toxic because sure. different organs can be toxic. And since different parts of us age, we are actually a community of organs that got together. And one may be a geezer and one may be a child. And they're all together and they get along. Our school system is designed to eliminate that by only exposing people to one age heaven forbid you don't want a kid to be around someone who's wise who's been through life and knows what the government's doing uh but that's actually how the organs work and then one can help the other organ get younger they can also get them older when you get traumatized so you want your organs to be in line outside of the body the five elements are apart they fight each other inside They're all organized in health. But when they start fighting, then you get the floods, the fires, and everything that happens outside the body. Uh Earthquakes for earth, uh, floods for water, uh, forest fires and volcanoes for fire, uh, windstorms and hurricanes uh, and tornadoes for air. And for sonics, you get thunder and all of those uh, sonics that can actually destroy us. Uh, yeah, so, so maybe we, the people, are part and parcel of a lot of this um, crazy weather. Not, I'm not talking about global warming. I'm talking about hurricanes and rains and stuff because there's a lot of inner fighting going on in the consciousness of humans, right? So that's probably part of that. Definitely. Interesting. The, the Maharishi effect. Uh, like, as I've told you, uh, along uh, the last uh, months, on October 13th or something like that last year, we did the elemental song. Vibrant Gal and I did the elemental song, and it hasn't stopped raining until 
since until, uh, I guess it was last month or the month before. I mean, we got the first tropical storm California's had in 84 years Hmm. and still going on. So definitely consciousness can uh, affect the weather and even earthquakes. Today, interesting enough, happens to be the anniversary of the day Swami Nitty sent a devastating earthquake that was hitting Carpinteria. He mailed it to Mexico City. This is the day of the, the Mexico City quake that killed thousands. It was destined to come here to Carpinteria. We were all sitting in a restaurant, uh, Carol's, I think it was, uh, a group of Adano people and, and Adano. And suddenly the building began to shake. Adano stood up and slammed his fist down on the, his open hand down on the table loudly and yelled, go away and play somewhere else. And suddenly it stopped. Of course, everybody in the restaurant looked at us like, what the heck? What, what was that about? And my friend Christina Ponzo was up here from Mexico. And she said, oh, my God, I dreamed last night that there was a terrible quake in Mexico. And indeed, we got the phone call in the morning that there had been a terrible quake in Mexico. When people asked Donald Lay, why did you send it to Mexico? He simply answered, they needed the work. They needed the work. Isn't that- and of course, all these deaths that happened, it's karma. You know, it's karma for people who don't. Well, that's what I was just going to ask. Karma, isn't that bad karma for death him? Has a plan. Do you yeah. remember the movie Final Destination? One of my all-time favorites. I don't think so. One of my favorites. It was about death has a plan and how to outwit death, and that's exactly what you have to do in karma because we all come in with programs. David Icke goes into this too. That you come in with a program linked to your DNA. And the only way to be free is to be free of your DNA. As long as you're a DNA robot, you're no different than AI. Uh, David Icke has been talking about that since, uh, God, for 20 years now. Hmm. And people haven't understood. Uh, in his one of his books, it wasn't his first, The Biggest Secret, he goes into that about the difference between programming and how we can be free. Intelligence and intellect is not consciousness. Consciousness is above that. That's the soul level is consciousness. Consciousness doesn't get trapped in the mind. The mind is what makes all this movie. It is the matrix. There's no aliens putting us in the matrix. It's our own mind and our fixations. Any injury, any cancer, any accident, any loss of limb, it's all in the mind. It's a mind game. <laughs> I agree. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Just I, from a pimple to a cancer to whatever. Right? It just, yeah, it's just. Any of it. My friend Judy Utley, uh, you know, of course, she had cancer of the spine, cancer of the breast, cancer of the liver. They gave up looking. She, you're riddled with cancer. How did you even walk into my office, said the doctor, and she got rid of it. For nine years. But she programmed herself. She said, I want to live to find my soulmate. She found her soulmate, and within a year, they were both dead. <laughs> because she just wanted to live to find her soulmate. So, so she lived nine years to find her soulmate. He found her, too, and they both died. Wow, that's crazy. Because they found each other. So <laughs> we, program, we program our deaths. No, 
all death is suicide. If you leave this body, it's a suicide. I agree. Unless, uh, which is programmed by the DNA, you will be here to a certain time. As O'Donnell Lay put it, uh, we all have a time to die, but we have to agree to it. If you don't agree to it, you don't go, like Babaji, the Babaji effect. Yeah, yeah I mean... Yeah. And you have a master up there in Tibet or uh, yeah, Nepal we, someplace. He was our Tars. How old is he? 800 years old? 600. 600 years old, yeah. yeah. 600 years old. Look at the people in the Bible. Enoch never died. He never did, yeah. He just He's kept still it, walking yeah. around. Still walking around somewhere. Good old Enoch. Like, and of course, most people aren't going to believe this. That's not the speed of science. Yeah, well, the speed of science is the speed of snails and turtles. Uh, here's an email from Ruella, something like that. Please ask Adam about hypnotism, NLP, and EFT. So, wow, we've already talked a bit about NLP. This person was psychic just with his email. What about hypnotism? Um, people have uh, well, you tell me what you think about hypnotism in general. We're all hypnotized. Consciousness is getting out of hypnotized. Because if you can be hypnotized to do something positive, you can be hypnotized to do something negative. And again, that is DNA. Uh, one hypnotist one time, or mesmerism, which is even stronger, hypnotized someone and said, you can only be hypnotized by me. And then he sent him to a hypnotist who had never failed in hypnotizing somebody, <laughs> and they couldn't hypnotize him because the other person had hypnotized him. You can only be hypnotized by me. Well, when we're born into this culture, we're hypnotized, and we have to break the spell. It's Even words are a spell. It's the God spell mm -hmm. or the good spell. When we hear, they put a spell on us. Yes. That's what spelling is. Mm -hmm. You put a word on someone, and they believe it throughout their life i've fallen for it i mean have, i've yeah. lost my teeth i've lost things all because it's in my fixation when i could grow them right back <laughs> so i'm working on it one thing at a time That's i have right. got rid of some things instantaneously gotten my my eyesight came back magically one day when i needed glasses and suddenly i didn't need glasses in one day and i've seen it happen so affirmations uh you say something till you believe it and once you believe it, the bee lie, it's called the bee lie, you're lying to yourself to be healthy just as well as to be sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that really that really says a lot on the idea of hypnotism by just planting an, an idea that somebody really believes, it turns out in a manifest, and it, that's how it does it for us every day when we just say stuff to friends and neighbors and to ourselves. It just manifests because that's the way it works. <laughs> There's nothing here but thought. Everything else then just fills in the blanks because you thought it. And then people blame the circumstances of the environment or God or mm -hmm. the devil or whatever they want to blame. <laughs> and it's their own big fat mouth that causes the problem. <laughs> in the beginning was... I, I'm, I'm stuck in it too, yeah. you know. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the in word. The beginning was the word, not the light, yeah. not the sound. So we don't go to the light; we go to the sound. No. Now the light can be a journey to see this, to to to, to go yeah. in the direction of the sound. Uh, but the sound, the the thunder travels slower than the lightning. 
But the thunder got there first. The thunder created the lightning. So that's the strength. But science says, oh, the light is better than the thunder because it can go 186,000 miles per second. But that thunder only goes at the speed of sound. Yeah, but it got there first. When you strike a match, you hear the sound before you hear the, the you see the flame. Mm-hmm. Scratch, scratch, scratch. And then a little more scratch and, and you got lightning. Yeah, I guess so. It's fair to say the sound creates the light, not the other way around. Sound creates the light. Yeah. Exactly. And they, wanna, they, they say the light is great, and you get Einstein and all these theories about light, but no one talks about sound except uh, ascended masters, maybe uh, Eckenkar, uh, Saint-Mont. They know it's the sound that is the difference, and anyone who's into consciousness that counts on the light I'm going to be a light worker. I'm a dark worker. I work with sound. <laughs> the dark, the darkness is faster than the light. When you turn on the light, where did the darkness go? It went away faster than the light. The, the, the light chased it away, but the darkness ran away faster than the light could go. That's fun to think about. So, are very uh, we're set to see these things, but scientists hypnotize us into believing opposite. Oh no, the light is greater than the sound no. because they we learned it in school. <laughs> you know what? I wonder about get your opinion on it. Um, who is a fellow we interviewed him years ago? He wrote several books. One was Life Life Between Life Lives, and it was all about people experiencing these things after they died and before they came back here or somewhere else, you know, when they, when they read, and they talked about what they did. And they were very clear, and, and many were very similar. They went to class and learned about life and things that they, but I wonder that in a way you, hypnotism must be reaching the soul or consciousness level, shouldn't it, Adam? Because if you're just working with the mind, how would the mind know anything about what's going on in between lives? I'm kind of curious. Because those lives are fake. They're all made up in movies. It's oh. like, have you seen... No, uh, I don't think uh, so. We've all had Terminator. past lives. No, come on. No, we all have... They're not fake. I've, I've, it's, all, it's all a movie. It's all the Matrix. All those beings are not existing. Terminator Matrix. What happens in yeah, Terminator? Yeah, well, I don't no, care about Terminator I've, Genesis. I have, re, I have recalled, time, I've recalled past lives. and they're re, things. I've recalled past lives, and they're all real, and they're all happening right now. So you're saying all past lives it's are fake? It's the Matrix. Was Neo really in the nah, Matrix? He I mean, wasn't I, in the Matrix. It was a fake. See, what if Matrix had voted to change the company he worked for. There is, there is no no anything but consciousness. No, I understand All that, but a past life that that we were on this planet or somewhere else, granted, that is part of the matrix, but that doesn't mean it's not real. I mean, real is this, whatever this is. I hear what you're if saying. If we want to believe it, I don't believe in any of my past lives. <laughs> well, they existed in the Matrix as long as I want to do that, and then I pay the debt of my past lives. Right. But once you live now, there is no time. There are no past there lives. No. There are no future lives. Well, they, they can now. be... There's no time and space, Patrick. I understand. No time no. and space whatsoever. I understand. They're, you say that all the time. I, all the time. I, I totally know that. But, you know, there there can be some some useful things from past lives. Here's a couple examples. I've known people that have actually um, wanted to 
learn more about this thing that they're interested in, Adam, some maybe writing or music or stuff like that. And they work pretty diligently with their master to remember some of these past lives and they actually brought back some information. Check, check this out. One, one time, remember when I had sciatica? Like, man, I mean, there was, you've had sciatica, right? It's just like, oh man, it's the worst. It's like, <clears throat> it's the worst pain. And I really sincerely one night before going to sleep asked my spiritual teacher, I'm just, I'm not complaining. I know it's my karma. You know, I've created it, but I would just like to understand why I'm having to go through all this. Again, I'm not complaining, right? I always say that. And I had this past life experience that night. It was very clear that I was in some, Adam, I was in some, I think it was a Chinese or Japanese island and I was torturing people. I was in the military and I was doing things to them that you wouldn't even want to think about. And so that connection, so, I mean, you can say that was in the matrix, of course, but I also mm-hmm. experienced that, so it was helpful for me to, to understand something. Uh, we experience this life, and we experience past lives. They live in the matrix. We make up the matrix, but we can go in the holodeck and change all those past. You can. If you watch Terminator Genesis, by going back in time, all of these people started changing history. So they went back to Judgment Day, and Judgment Day didn't happen now for 10 years later because all of these different characters had come back uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character and the other characters and screwed it all up so ultimately we can do that but meanwhile we have our story our narrative that comes from karma uh, in in this matrix I was Yuya from uh, Egypt I know who my wife was in that lifetime. I know who my daughter was. Hmm. And I even had a girlfriend at one time that I had to take to New Orleans to make up for what for, for her horrible death in Egypt. But all of that can be changed. I, in fact, people around me knew who my daughter was. And when they came in to tell me, I said, it's so-and-so. And they said, yeah, that's what we figured out. It had to be that other person. I was Yuya. I know who Suya was. I was the most well-preserved uh, mummy in Egypt in this lifetime. But if I want to change it, then I can be something else. But right now, in this matrix, that's who I am. Ed Bergstrom, just the Ingvar Bergstrom, Adam, uh, uh, the timely Adam, all comes out of lifetimes. Of, of course, I've created all this reality or co-created it because we don't – you're there, I'm here, we split ourselves up into different people just like we do different organs. There is no liver or small intestine, they're all one organ. Uh, and they work together as unity or unified field. Everything else is relativity, and it's here for us to enjoy. I enjoy talking about my previous life as uh, Gutenberg's assistant who gypped him out of his machine <laughs> and all of his money, as uh, Yuya as a Viking who dumped a girlfriend and had to pay karma for that and all these other lifetimes that Swami Nittigritti informed me of, of them and I saw the fruition of them happen and I'm paying for my debt today. So I have no one to blame when something happens to me. You did that, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you created it with your big fat mouth. Yeah, there was a fellow that talked, uh, uh, emailed us, Adam, and he was he was worried about it. he just kind of lost his mind for a minute and went into one of those um, 
those huge machines at the airport, you know, with radiation machines. And he was wondering if it could cause damage and all that. And I, I assured him that, you know, blah, blah. But I, I had suggested he just go back there and just go around the machine and just don't do it this time, yeah? And then it'll be fine, and then you don't have any. And it was funny, he emailed me back. He said, he said, oh man, I was thinking the same thing this morning that I could just go and have a do-over. But we can. We can just do it over, and it's gone, isn't it? It's just gone. Wow. Just like that. We, can, so- change, we can change the past just as well as we can change the future. And people don't believe that, that you can change your past. You can be born by different parents. Only it takes a lot of spiritual power to do that you know the, the the mind has to be overcome and the mind wants to live in its own narrative and the culture encourages it mm-hmm. we're born and say this and that you come in with superpowers and then they tell you you don't have, you don't have it that's so, fiction that's superman and batman and all that that's not you you can't be superman batman captain marvel or or uh, the green lantern or any of those characters so what you're saying is it's, it's very uh, powerful for folks uh, to hear what he's saying is that as soul consciousness who we really are we can do whatever we want the only thing that gets in our way Adam Bergstrom is if we believe that the mind says no you can't do that or that's stupid you know and if we believe that well then that's what we believe that's what we get right that's what we get that's it wow. we're trained for limitation yeah mm. <laughs> Mm. And there is no limitation. It, it's a concept. And concepts can be overcome. Uh, mm. Laws can be overcome. Even the law of gravity, the law of whatever, whatever law we concoct, it's human made. In fact, <laughs> God made, humans made God as well as God made humans. So we have a conception of God instead of God himself. We don't have a clue what God is until, uh, well, we can't become gods because God became us. God became us before we became, so how can we become gods if we're already God? <laughs> and we're already, yeah. I guess, I guess one of our jobs then, Adam, is becoming more and more aware of this thing called God. It'll keep increasing our level of awareness, huh? As whatever it is. Our, our consciousness, yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. awareness. Awareness still is an awareness of the matrix, that you're in the matrix or out of the matrix. Consciousness uh, doesn't even need that. The only time I became conscious was when I was drunk once, and and a buddy knocked me out to keep me from uh, further damage uh, to the environment, let's just say. And uh, I woke up, and I was a consciousness in space. Nothing was there. And I wondered, mm-hmm. what am I? Yeah. Not only who yeah, am who I, am what I, am what I? Am I? What, yeah. what is this consciousness? And then slowly I realized, oh, you're, and I remembered my name. Hmm. But where am I? And when am I? And then it all came back slowly. But it was a, it was a delicious feeling wow. to be a consciousness and not know what I was let alone where I was. Yeah. And that's the uh, the consciousness we're capable of. But as Donald Lay, Swami Nittigritti said, the joy is in the movie. That's why we watch movies. God, I've watched Have some fun. a million movies probably <laughs> in, in movies. I watch them all the time. <laughs> I've, I've been blessed with that experience as well uh, quite a few times where I'm just a, a viewpoint in everything and you know 
And, and as long as you just stay there, you can just stay there until you start trying to figure out who you are and where you are, and then you slowly start coming back, right? Because you create whatever right. whatever you decide that you are, and then you could come back and be Patrick, a talk show host, or be George Brown and live on a ranch and just move there and change if you want and just do something different. <laughs> I mean, what do I really want to be? You can't, in fact, by changing your past, you can change your future yeah. because if, if you believe you came in on a higher level, you're going to be at a higher level automatically by that belief. And so your life will change at that point. But if you believe you were victimized, you were uh, abused by <clears> your <throat> father, you were this and that, uh, then you're going to come from that victim stage. So you either believe in karma or you believe in victims. You know, you yeah. can't believe in both. And once you believe in karma, you get rid of it. You, you live now and then get out of the matrix. And you, so, or change the matrix. I mean, Neil kept going back into the matrix because it was so much fun. Yeah, because he was and doing now, his thing. Yeah. He was the dealer. No. He wasn't the victim anymore. He was the dealer in the Matrix. He be, could be Superman. So, Why so not? don't you think? I, I kind of think that I did. I, uh, you know, I've agreed to play around in the Matrix here to serve, right? Do talk shows. I'm going to make movies, and you do all your stuff and your writings to help people. So, haven't we? We've agreed to be in here and play around. Doesn't we? Don't have to take it seriously, though, right? Like it's real, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I, uh, I I was into being uh, a movie maker one time oh, yeah. when there were Super 8s, remember the, oh, yeah, uh, the yeah. uh, cameras they had back then? Yeah. I have a lot of movies that are still on, uh, that still exist there for all these years, but I need a projector. It's never been, uh, never been translated. Mm -hmm. uh, my half-brother was in the movie industry, and I've been attracted to Hollywood. Hollywood now is gone. Yeah. The Hollywood that I knew back in the day, it's no longer in existence. Yeah. Kaput. <laughs> Kaput. You know what I'm thinking, and uh, my good friends who know this stuff think I'm crazy, but you know what I want to do? When I make films, produce films, I want to use film. I want to go back and use film. Because all of this computer-generated stuff People have no idea. You know what I mean? It's like, I think they intuitively know, Adam, deep down, that it's just a computer or it's just a hologram. And it's just not as much fun, you know, because it's not really happening. I think it's a subconscious, conscious thing. And that's why Tom Cruise, for example, he talked about it. He did all that stuff real, in real life. He had cameras on the planes. He didn't want to do. He said, we could have done all this on CGI. And I didn't want to do it because he said, I know that the people know the difference watching the movie. Interesting. That's what I want to do, film. Tom Cruise is one of the greatest stuntmen ever. I mean, he's crazy. A, he's like Jackie Chan, where Jackie Chan would say, if I die in this stunt, get the shot. It's the shot that's important. And he's had, he's got a, a metal plate in his head. He's broken his bones about 50 times. And Cruz the same way. One of his sons, he broke his leg, and he, he kept on going. Sure, did you get the shot? Yeah. Otherwise, you're fired if you didn't get the shot. The shot is what movie makers are into, and I admire Cruz uh, for that. That he understands that. Also, even though Scientology <clears throat> is a lower level than some things, he does know that consciousness has a lot to do. Oh, with sure, it. So he I'll wouldn't be. He that. wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be doing the things. And also, I heard a. An interview with John Travolta the other day from a and, and really a kind, smart 
intelligent, focused guy. I was very impressed by him, you know, very impressed by him. And it's been a long time since I really heard him. But so Helbert, in Scientology, I don't know anything about it, so I can't comment on it. But they must have some good aspects of it will help people to create what they want. I think they're, that, that must be part of that Hubbard stuff in Scientology. When I went to uh, uh, Donald's school, the Texas Institute of Reflex Sciences, mm-hmm. we had Dianetics as a textbook. Did you? Oh. Because it shows how traumas uh, mm-hmm. came. And I've read that book twice, and it's very valid. Now, my, my favorite screenwriter of all time is probably Harlan Ellison, if you're familiar with him. I don't know him. Uh, and Harlan Ellison, uh, the most litigious screenwriter in Hollywood. He sued hundreds of people and is one of the most rascals. He beat the heck out of uh, Frank Sinatra's bodyguard because Frank Sinatra would kill people. You know, it was no secret that people would end up on the 405 freeway under it if they if they didn't do what he said he would pay people like five hundred dollars to go over and smash someone on the head that he didn't like the way he dressed so what did harlan write what did he write that you like ellinger was there when l ron hubbard who was a sci-fi writer Mm -hmm. he was a sci-fi writer like ellison and when they attacked dianetics because the psychiatrist didn't want the competition he had a cheaper way of addressing our traumas than they do uh-huh. because they just talk you to pieces and you don't get anywhere uh, that they petitioned the government to go after Dianetics. So Dianetics so what L. Ron Hubbard said I'm going to get even. I'm going to start a religion to make a million dollars. He made multi-millions. Oh, he, made he died right up here in San Luis Obispo when he finally died and he had devotees all over the world and he was the ultimate con man but i admire him <laughs> he knew how to create his reality his past is all made up he yeah, wasn't he, born he, he in made it all ranch in montana yeah. it was all made up yeah, yeah. everything of his life but look what he did with it he lived the life of riley <laughs> by making up a false life mm-hmm. it became real it all became real to him he lived his sci-fi life Here's so another one. Got to admire them now. Yeah. Who's taken it over? Since, well, who knows? I yeah. don't admire them. No, they are become repressive, as many religions kind of swing back on themselves, and the very freedom that they went to get at the beginning becomes their own prison. Their own prison happens all the time, right? Happens all the time. It happens all with, the time with religion. Yeah. Look at what happened to Christianity. Yeah. He was a free man, and now. <laughs> God yeah. knows. God, only God knows. <laughs> only, only God knows. You know, it's a common misconception that we started as a Christian country. We did, but we started as deists. What the deists believe versus the theists. The theists believe God is controlling everything. The deists believe that God created the universe and said, okay, make what you want out of it. It's, it's all up to you. That's what Thomas Jefferson and Franklin and uh, Thomas mm-hmm. Paine, that's what they believed. They yeah. didn't believe that I got to pray to God to do everything. They knew that God set them, gave them enough consciousness that they could make heaven or hell out of this particular existence. They were very enlightened, those people that really understood that, right? Yeah, they weren't Christians. That's right. You know, if I sin, I'm going to go to hell, Christians. 
I wouldn't say they were enlightened, but they were enlightened enough by the Enlightenment to use intelligence instead of intellect. Just like, where would the CIA be if it was the Central Intellect Agency? It's the Central Intelligence Agency, which means you take a million concepts and boil them down to the five major ingredients that do it. That's what the CIA does. So you have to admire the CIA, even though they're dirty dealers. (laughs) They're rotten rascals. I studied the CIA for years and realized I admire them. they're, They're designed after the five tattvas. They go from, they went from earth, water, fire, uh, 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 air and to sonics, their agencies are set up on the tatvas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that amazed me. Mm-hmm. I've written about it in uh, several of my e-books. I forget. I've written so many books, I forget which ones I wrote about it. Probably the butterflies book. I uh, <laughs> I put a thing on Faceplant. You might look at it after the show. There's a lady who um, who played a song 25 years ago from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. And it predicts everything that's going on now. Everything. How is, I mean, I know how it's possible, but isn't it? it I don't know anything about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, do you know anything about I just know I like them. They yeah. were one of my favorite groups. Really? Yeah. You should hear this song. I go on my Facebook after the show, and it's crazy. All this stuff that's going on, even with Greta Thunberg and, and the, uh, you know, the whole Green New Deal thing, and um, it's crazy, yeah. just nuts. Twenty five years ago, twenty five. You can hear the words. Yep. I mean, you can't One make. One of them sp- was an actor too. Was he? Yeah. I, I don't remember his name. He had a strange name, but he was in the Big Lebowski. Remember uh, the Big Lebowski? Yeah. He played one of those three German guys yeah. for cutting off fingers. Great movie. <laughs> Great movie. Oh, speaking of that, I just want to remind you: uh, we're now doing our our videos on Facebook, so we don't want to say the V word. But other than the V word, I think we're okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. But or, yeah. also well, the don't say anything about the uh, yeah you know what's yeah. going on what's up going on upstairs in the, in the rain yeah because they don't call it anything they don't like, like that, that. I, actually you can say weather you just can't say the other word yeah I did say it a moment ago but maybe. a lot of other things that's surprising uh, that you can say and get away with what I go back is to the past before they had the same terminology uh, so I often quote. Uh, George uh, Carlin, Harlan Ellison, people like that. Again, Harlan Ellison is my all-time favorite screenwriter. He wrote the Oscar but thought it was horrible because they picked the wrong actors. He had planned for Peter Falk and Steve McQueen to be in the role. Instead, they picked Stephen Boyd and uh, Tony Bennett. And he said he would never write for Hollywood again after that because they betrayed him, basically. So, and so that's the, the only... Worst, one of the worst movies ever made. That's the only Harvey Ellison... Because I was going to watch one of the films. That's the only thing that he's had produced, this screenwriter you like? He had written... He had <clears throat> done the screenplay for other uh, books, too. But basically, he was a solvent. He could, uh, he could write... He would go into a bookstore and write a novel while he was talking to the customers. She, again, he had the brain of a seven-year-old, and so he didn't let things uh, <laughs> discourage him. He, uh, he also, when he fought Sinatra's bodyguard, he came up to the bodyguard's belly, belly button, but he used a pool cue and put him out of commission, and they had to take Sinatra out because Sinatra would have all these guys beat up 
people that he didn't like yeah. that wore the wrong clothes or whatever. He was wearing an English Captain Blood outfit is why Sinatra got so uptight at him. We got a caller for you on the uh, telephone. Who's this? Good morning. Hello? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, we we missed the part, uh, the first part. Can you speak up a little bit? Hard to hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, I need more volume, brother. Can't. Are you on speaker? Yeah, one second. Yeah, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're live here on the. Uh, 19th. Can you hear me now? Oh, now we got you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. Hello, good morning. It's such a pleasure to be in your presence, both of you. Oh, well, you're, you need to get out more, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I have a, I have a question for, for, for Adam. Is marrow or broth worth eating over meat? So, like, if you, if you were, so if you, if you option of picking if picking of the three which is which is more more worth the bang for your buck bone marrow bone broth or the the meat marrow broth or meat anything that has collagen is better unless you're a bodybuilder than you want meat but if you're more uh, if you sit down a lot then you want the collagen and the glycine and uh uh, you don't want as much meat, as muscle meat. But muscle meat builds muscle, so you want muscle meat. And by the way, you know, you hear me diss fish a lot, but the best fish, the carnivore, and the driest fish on earth with the less oil is the codfish. codfish All of its yeah. oil goes to the liver. Throw away the liver, and the codfish uh, is ideal for a bodybuilder or someone who wants to be strength. They lay millions of eggs, they're hardly carnivorous themselves, and sportsmen don't like them because they don't put up a fight, because hmm. they just sit around and they use white muscle meat, wham, like that, to attack their prey. They can, they can move fast enough where the prey doesn't have a chance. And that's what you want. Muscle building is about white meat. It's about quick movements, not long marathon runs where you build red muscle. So cod is perfect for so, bodybuilding. So for the caller, then bone broth or bone or, or bone marrow has different properties, but good stuff. The collagen rather than the meat, right? Rather than the meat itself. Uh, that's what I would mm. say. And mm. as for bone, uh, uh, bone actually is not made of calcium. It's mostly made of protein. So you're going to get protein out of both. Uh, a lot of people swear by the marrow. Uh, uh, I think they're both good. I think all three are good, mm -hmm. depending on the time and what you're going to use it for, what your outcome is. You eat the foods that that uh, have the properties in that you want. If you want uh, resistance, you eat one food. If you want quick strength, you want another one. You want intelligence, you eat another one. You don't eat turnips for intelligence because you just fell off the turnip truck then. <laughs> you don't want to be an artichoke because that's not going to make intelligence. It's going to be a nut that makes intelligence. It's going to be like your almond. Meat isn't going to give you intelligence unless you eat the brains or you eat the thyroid or you eat parts of the head. 
You sound like Jennifer and, Daniels now. <laughs> intelligence. But most people, they eat the lower parts of the animal. Why don't they eat the head, the brains? Primitive tribes eat the brains to get smart. Yeah, they know. You want courage? Eat the heart. <laughs> this has been known for on, on Facebook, of years. You posted if you eat pig trotters, pig feet, it, it, it helps collagen. Why, is, why does the, the feet of a pig help? Pig's feet? It's full of collagen. Full of collagen. <laughs> it's loaded with collagen. When people used to get it more than the ear powder, they used to get pig feet and things like that in it. Uh, what was the name of that guy that used to put it out in a plastic jug? I wouldn't even carry it because uh, it was waste products. Basically, one of the bodybuilders, other than Joe Weider, uh, would sell this particular product at one point yeah. in a plastic so, so bottle. He was asking on the uh, is the, the pig's ear. Has has more the equal amount to the pig's feet collagen, pig's ear, and it's better for your brain because the ear is part of the upper body. If you want, if you want to develop the upper body, you eat the upper body parts. <laughs> if you want the middle, same with a vegetable. If you want, if you want intelligence, you go for the sky. If you want uh, stability for athletics, you want to eat the root vegetables. And if you want to be able to uh, travel, you eat the vines, which travel around this way. They don't go up or down. They go sideways. We have round eyes, so we can go either way. Most animals, a, a horse has an eye that goes sideways, the pupil, so that they can look to the side. A bird has up and down, so they can look to the trees and they can look for the worms on the ground, both. <laughs> we have a round eye. We can do anything because we are the epitome of manifestation. <laughs> like wow, that's eye. interesting to, to hear because my people, my community, they eat a, a mixture of pigs now, pig ears and pig feet. Wow. I, I always wondered why, but now it makes sense with what you're saying. Caller, uh, I, I, do you uh, have you listened to Dr. Jennifer Daniels? She talks a lot about the pigs. I was just going to say yeah. that, Patrick. She's amazing. And I went to the HEB here. Uh, they have like 600 stores in Texas. And I said, I didn't think they were going to do it. I said, oh, can I get some cow's feet from you? Because she's always talking about cow's feet. He says, oh, sure. We can go. Well, what do you want? I said, oh, I'll, I'll take two or three. And, I, and he said, okay. So I... And two days later, they, they, they called me and they had them. And they came in a nice package and they're all chopped up in little chunks of the hoof and the feet and everything so I can make broth out of them. So if you want to try that, just go to your go to your butcher at your favorite store. They'll probably can get it for you. Color anything else? You good? Uh, yes, I, I was, I, I, I've been seeing that Matt Blackburn it seems like he's shorting in his life by chugging down Rosita cod liver oil and regularly eating salmon. I mean, is he doing this for short-term gain, or he doesn't care to live past 100? Oh, he's drinking a lot of that Rosita cod liver oil? Matt Blackburn have different, is chugging uh, down. beliefs. Now, I found through research that taking cod liver oil or... Uh, omega-3 fatty acids always leads to aging. Hmm. I wouldn't have written 14 books about it if I didn't find that, but other people have come to different uh, conclusions and think different things. But anyone who reads my 14 volumes, my yellow fat disease compendium, 
will see that. And also, Google is after me. They put me in a bubble when they realized that I had discovered the truth about omega-3 fatty acids. What do you I'm mean? I'm in the complete bubble. I had worked myself up at the beginning up until 27,000 hits, which is, isn't much, but they reduced me to 7,000 oh. because the big secret is that Monsanto knows all about this, DuPont knows about that, and the top pharmaceutical companies know the truth about cod liver oil and omega-3 fatty acids. And the whole mercury in fish, it's a scam to keep people from getting yellow fat disease too quickly. They want them to age. They just don't want them to age too quickly. Yellow lipofuscin is a measure of aging on all animals but man, uh, a chronological age where they can tell within a week what your age is. Human beings... We can be vegans, we can be carnivores, we can be keto, we can be we can eat airplanes like uh, Mr. Eats All. And so we can eat just about anything. So lipofuscin develops according to your diet. And since other animals are set diets, they don't have a choice. A bear that eats a fish will age much quicker than a bear that doesn't eat fish. Uh, and human beings, we can do anything we want to. But they, a bear is dependent. He lives on Vancouver, and the other bear lives in Idaho. They don't have a choice, so they're going to be predictable exactly when they're going to die. Except for accidents, <coughs> of course, and disease. <coughs> and karma. <laughs> and karma. Why do you avoid bread and grains? I don't necessarily avoid them, but they're not good health food because of the way bread is made. If it was made the old-fashioned way, without adding <clears throat> additives, why would you need bromine? Why would you need iodide? Why would you need uh, uh, whatever else they're putting in it, the chlorine? Or, or, you don't need those things. To, you just rise. It just rises. And flatbread is even better when you get corn tortillas and things like that. They're even better. So uh, I don't avoid anything. I minimize everything. I eat omega-3 fatty acids in a walnut, one, in the morning, and it's right time for the brain when it becomes of an asset. And by the way, omega-3 fatty acids are a medicine. If you have a transplant, since it knocks out your immunity, then the transplant will take. So I'm not totally against it, but for a healthy person, why would I want to knock out my immunity? So I don't take cod liver oil, and I don't take uh, those particular things, and I minimize breads because the direct vegetable, what, if man made it, don't eat it, as Jack LaLanne said. So why not? Everything we eat pretty much is coming right out of the ground, and we eat it like it is in its whole form. There you go. Did people used to eat white corn back in the day because because uh, it, white corn seems to be seems to be more GMO, but is it as nutritious as yellow corn or purple corn? Actually, the Indian corn is the best of all. You have to, you have to cook it for hours and hours to make it, but the Indians had special muscle strength that other people don't have simply from eating that Indian corn. Hmm. Now we just use it as ornamental corn hmm. it's giving. Yeah. And you have to be careful. I wouldn't go eating any of that ornamental corn because it's sprayed heavily and very toxic unless you grow it yourself. But we don't grow those things anymore ourselves. Indian corn is one of the healthiest forms. You you can build muscles without even moving with Indian corn. No kidding. What color? What color? 
it's uh, multiple colors. It's the Indian corn. Next time, when Thanksgiving comes, it's coming up pretty soon. Watch the Indian plays in all the uh, all the uh, markets and stores. Purple corn, ah, is yes, than I remember. white corn, and yellow corn, but uh, they're okay. The Indians were extra strong from in, uh, from the corn, though. The corn is a very good food until you process it and grow it under the conditions they do today. And by the way, just about every vegetable we eat is genetically mis- manipulated. The whole thing, we some of it is for good. But now they manipulate it in special ways with nanotechnology, with CRISPR, and with ways that are not good. Radiation. They used to use radiation. They used to use DDT to manipulate foods. They poisoned them a little. They got a thousand different uh, results. And then they picked one, and they cloned it. That's how we get most of our food today. And much of our processed food is made out of wood, petroleum, and coal. Well, Colin, you can find that easily on the internet unless you're a researcher like me and know how to get out of your bubble. Caller, you got a lot of bang for your Great. buck here with this call. Thanks for thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for your question. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Bubba. It was great. I was asking on. Good questions. Good questions. Okay, we're gonna do a little break here. Well, not yet. No. <clears throat> Just trying to find a slide yeah, there's, here. Uh, there's no stupid questions, only stupid answers. <laughs> That's right. No stupid questions, stupid answers. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the cod liver oil thing, and hmm, there's some people really into it, and you're just, you've just so much uh, research. There's just no way, in your opinion, that stuff's good for you, huh? You just can't do it. Not going to do it. Hmm. Right? That that what is good for you? Cod liver oil. There's just no way with all the research oh, you've yeah. done. You're just, yeah, no, you're just over again, it. Again, minimize it. Because if I was up in the north and didn't know how to get vitamin A, and I know how to do it, but if you don't know, then you take the poison to get the A and the D because you don't know how to get it otherwise. But you can be up in the North Sea and even on a cloudy day, expose your food to sunlight for a certain amount, especially dried food and olive oil and some things like that, and get all the vitamin D you need by exposing it to the sun. But if you don't know that, then you're going to die of vitamin A deficiency or vitamin D deficiency. Then you better take some cod liver oil once in a while. You don't need much, though. You need a spoon a week, maybe, would be enough to survive in uh, Alaska or uh, Antarctica or wherever you want to go. Uh, it's uh, most of our medicines are poisons. They're, it's called the hygiene hypothesis. We actually build our immunity through poisons. So I eat poisons. I eat white sugar. I eat these things because in moderation, because they build immunity. That's why you've recommended uh, with solar timing and uh, chronobiotic nutrition, once a month you kind of fall off the wagon. Right, and you you do different. Fall off the wagon. You do different. Yes, uh, we do. So I put tell folks how you do my, that <laughs> on my potatoes on lunar time. <laughs> but it makes sense. I mean, if we if we weren't exposed to all these different things that they call toxins or poisons or whatever, right? The body wouldn't know how to deal with them. I, it, you know, would it? Yeah. 
we need to choose. Now, a lot of us have lost our taste to tell with a poison or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, they could hold something in their mouth for a half hour and feel what it was doing, and then spit it out if they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did the primitive people know every herb in the Amazon or other places? They knew every one which was poison and which wasn't poison and passed it on. Now people don't know that. Where do they get their information on poisons? On the Internet. How ridiculous. The Internet is going to tell you what's a poison? Back then, you found out for yourself. <laughs> and that's why they know more about health than any health expert in our century that doesn't live out in the woods and fends for themselves and is independent. Off the grid, as they say. Off the grid. There is a fellow you mentioned about the fish and mercury, right? And his name is not in my consciousness at the moment, but it's going to come in. And he, University of Kentucky, I believe, professor and studied mercury his whole life. Dr. Hal Huggins turned me on to him. And he created a product called OSR, something like that. It was a white powder that... This stuff was so powerful, it would clean your body out of excess mercury like that. Just boom, you know. Well, they didn't let them sell it after a while. They just kicked him out. You know, you can't do that. No, you know what I mean? And so he's over in Europe now, and I think he's doing the product. But he told me in an interview that I asked him about mercury in the fish. And he said, well, he said, oh, he said, that's not true. If you have the right the different minerals and fats and all that stuff in the fish, it, it, it gets rid of the mercury. And all this stuff of mercury in fish, he said, it's just made up. Whoa. So you, th- you think he's true? That's true? I definitely know it. I eat mercury. I use kidney beans to get my <laughs> mercury fix. I eat it at certain times of the day. And if you want mercury, expose yourself to turquoise light. You can get it that way. You can get mercury in numerous ways. You're such a you're such a country. And you're, to be a breastarian, where are you going to get your minerals? You don't need all these minerals. They tell you to get all these minerals in it. All you need is carbon dioxide and water, just like a redwood tree. If a redwood tree needed minerals, it would dig a hole in the ground. The whole forest would be underground. We'd need miners to go be lumberjacks instead of lumberjacks. We'd need miners. Trees don't eat minerals. They don't need (laughs) minerals. They need very few minerals. They supply their own minerals. When the leaves fall to the ground, they re-eat the leaves. They're perpetual motion machines. They don't need minerals and compost and all these things they tell you they need. It's all to promote business. Big business in Wall Street is what agriculture is today. Yeah, and it started, what, about in the 40s and 50s when the natural food stores, remember, came in and this... And, you know, all this new organic and cool stuff. And, man, they created so much stuff that we no more need it than we needed a hole in that. And the stores are full of them. And they, co- they convince you that it's, uh, that it's uh, natural. Like Gary Matsuoka is fond of saying, is it really natural to have recycled uh, forest products and put it in your soil when soil is just dirt? He says experts from colleges tell him, you can't grow plants in dirt. (laughs) Of course, a dirt farmer knows that's untrue. Agriculture doesn't use compost, except for uh, they add compost to the top, not to the soil. So 
what what happens with the uh, the compost or the recycled forest products in nature a tree falls to the ground and may last hundreds of years nature doesn't have a tree fall in the forest and splinter up into sawdust they make compost with uh with uh grinders what do you call them a a a, a wood chopper Mm -hmm. why do you need a wood chopper nature doesn't have wood choppers the tree falls (laughs) if you have sawdust in your uh swimming pool it's going to be a sore within the year or less but if you put a tree in your swimming pool it's going to be there for years or it's going to be dead like peat moss peat moss is compost that's dead so that's fine to grow plants in and in hawaii they grow it on volcanic ash (laughs) they don't even need sand is there anything that we've been told over the last hundred years that is true i mean can we find anything that we've been told in the media? Every day I find something <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> and, in, and in the medical school and science? Our school is just Man. messed up. It's just somebody <laughs> believes something, wrote it down, and someone perpetuated the lie, and then it's passed on to the next generation. Mm, over and over and over again. Just yeah. Ironically, uh, I, had, I have a, uh, a friend that's a psychologist, and her father was in World War One, And... In World War I, uh, after that, when he was in the military in World War II, uh, you would, before you fired a cannon, you did these gestures. And finally someone asked, what are those gestures for? Well, it was unbridling your horse. There were no horses in the Second World War, at least for the artillery. So they were doing something. It's like, remember the... Uh, you always put a chicken a certain size because it was the size of the pan. Right, All right. of those stories are out there. These things are carried on that are useless, that, and that we our culture perpetuates it. And pretty soon you're in the matrix. Pretty soon you're just in there, Very soon. and you can't get out, and you just can't get out. Well, you can, but most yeah, and people don't. It's our don't. brain that limits yeah. us. Yeah. We can't get out of our own brain because we're not in our brain in the first place. We're in the air. These, we're not inside our bodies. That's when anyone has an astral experience, are you outside your body or inside your body? You're everywhere. You're everywhere. Anywhere you want to go. You're everywhere. Yeah, there's, I think, uh, what's his face? I think uh, it was uh, Plato, Aristotle. I think Plato used to talk, he thought that soul was like 10 feet behind the head or something like that, you know. (laughs) That's what he thought. (laughs) Well, he also thought that he knew about the matrix, the shadow world. Did he? You looked at the cave and you began to believe the shadow world was real. And when when someone got free and went out and saw what the world was like and came back, they punished him. They they crucified him because there's no world like that. You're imagining things. It's the shadows that are real. And that's our condition today, still. And as you know, Mr. Bergstrom, very well, all these different planes, the astral plane, the causal plane, the mental plane, the subconscious plane, the etheric plane, they were all created by us, by what we thought, right? They were all our creation. It's just, it's more matrix up there below the soul plane, you know. Pretty cool stuff out there, but it's still the matrix. It's still not, not, not God, soul, God, well, whatever, you know, you know what I mean. That's why Swami Nitty Gritty said, don't. Don't say, who are you? What are you? That's what you want to find out, not who are you. Uh, so those meditations, who are you, who am I, who am I, you want to find out what am I? 
what am I is the important thing, and that takes you above the who level, because the who level, you're always stuck in the matrix. That's right. You're always in there, right? You're either this or that. And then, <laughs> you're either this Final or that. destination. Mm-hmm. It took place in an airport, a terminal. That's an interesting name. You terminal. fly off from a terminal. Ooh, a terminal <laughs> disease, <That's> huh? Right. <laughs> I don't want to be one of them. <laughs> we we <clears throat> name our things very strangely in our uh, in our society. That's great. Um, okay, let me take a little break here and behind. I do have a little behind though because I'm using my rebounder a lot. We should actually talk about it. I, I'm on my rebounder like four times, five times a day. Can't even remember the last time I talked about it, but we do have them on our store. We have a great rebounder by Rebound Air. If you'd like to, uh, uh, if you'd like to get one, you too can get one. Let me move this thing over a little bit. Uh, this camera wants to go a little bit this way. Keep getting out of the picture here. I don't want to get out of the picture. Okay. 